Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Refresh your career with a blended learning course at Griffith College. A flexible study option that combines online and in-class lectures. Dublin, Cork, Limerick. Visit griffith.ie. Hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this random bonus episode. Bonus! <laughs> so the story is, is that Zane asked us to record something not longer than 15 minutes for the Musical Stormy Everything I Know Christmas episode. But us didn't. We're verbose. <laughs> we, we like a chat. We like a chat and we like discussing a crime. Yep. Particularly a murder. It's kind of what we're known for around these parts. Um, So if you listen to the Musicals Told Me Everything I Know episode, you've already heard a little chunk of this. Um, So this is the full episode. Full episode about musicians that have been murdered. Five musicians that have been murdered and a bonus one. A bonus, was it a not murder? murder? Was it not a murder? You, you decide. decide. Vote on our poll. No, there's no poll. There's no poll. But uh, here we go. Here we go. I'm also here. I'm on all the podcasts. <laughs> we I begged mean, Zane to be a part of this. Not that you aren't here every single fucking time we record, though, hey? You're just no, well, audible. Yeah, I'm usually in the background clicking. And, and laughing silently. And laughing. <laughs> and also, like, gesturing to the skies when something when we say another horrific Why thing. Why are people so terrible? Correct. We'd love to find that out, but we just never <laughs> we will. We just will never will. You should will. introduce yourselves. Uh, oh. oh, sorry. <laughs> My name's Jess. I have been on this podcast before. My name's Ellen, and I have not. It's well, true. Jess, Jess is one of our guest hosts. I am. I'm the swing host on, on I was about to say Murder in the Land of Oz. No, <laughs> musicals taught me everything I know. But this is her real podcast. This is my real job. (laughs) 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 It is a job. Stunning. It's a slog. I mean, it's a lot of research, so I still count it as work. Um, And we're going to talk to you about our five picks of musicians that have been murdered. Yeah. Zane was like, you can do something music related. You can do something murder related. And we were like, how about murdered musicians? And Zane was like, hmm. Mm -hmm. Sounds right. That's almost verbatim. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. I just wanted to say before we start, this is not like a countdown, like no. from like our least favorite to our most favorite nah. murder musicians. Nah, it's nah, just nah, nah, five nah. musicians but who have been murdered. There are at least a couple on there that are interesting to research. Yeah. Oh, all, I I would like to think that all of them are interesting. Well, one I didn't know about. Yes. So there's that. Yeah. Something you learn something new every day. Well, let's go. Let's just go. Let's just go. Smash right into it. So I'm going to start out with Sam Cooke. 
So Sam Cooke was born on January 22nd, 1931. He was known professionally as Sam Cooke. His full name is Samuel, just for anyone that's wondering. Damn, what uh, a plot known- twist. <laughs> We're, whoa, we're <laughs> on the I first can't, sentence. I can't swear on this podcast because Julie and Miranda will get mad at Wait, me. Wait, are we not allowed to swear? That's very off-brand don't, for us. Don't worry. This particular episode, oh. everyone's swamped. Like R18, music- R18 plus. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Musicals is a... Uh- is uh, one friendly. of our only PG <laughs> podcasts. So. And it's so funny. Every time I go on, I'm like, fuck this and fuck that. It's bleh. true. So good. <laughs> um, so he was an Im- he was influential as both a singer as a com- and as a composer. He's commonly known as the king of soul for his distinctive vocals and importance within popular music. He began singing as a child and joined the Soul Stirrers before moving to a soul career where he scored a string of hit songs like You Send Me, A Change Is Gonna Come, Wonderful World, Chain Gang, Twist in the Night Away and Bring It On Home To Me. I was a huge Sam Cooke fan just out of high school. Really? That's on brand for you, Zane. That's so on brand. Um, His pioneering contributions to soul music contributed to the rise of Aretha Franklin, Bobby Womack, Al Green, Curtis Mayfield, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, and Billy Preston. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) So he was murdered. He was moited. He was moited. So... Cook died at the age of 33 on the December on December 11th, 1964, at the Hacienda Motel at 9137 South Figuera Street in Los Angeles, California. You can visit it. <laughs> you want to go? You want to go there? We'll go there. We'll you, go there next year. We'll go there next year. You Stand know, it. you know, I've been to LA, and on almost every corner, someone there are has maps been murdered of murder houses or stars hotels houses. where stars have um, overdosed. There is the murder museum. There's the murder oh, museum. Oh, I want to go there. So we got to go there. Bad. So bad, doll. God, um, it is great for people just like you two. <laughs> big old weirdos. <laughs> big old weirdos that want to go to places where people have been killed. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking. Should we go to Chicago so we can do the HH Homes tour? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You right? just bought Devil in the White City. I did. <laughs> I've read it. Let's go. I'm obsessed. Let's do it. Okay. All right. There we go. Murder tour of Oz. Sorry. Uh, Oz? The USA. <laughs> Different country. Of USA. Anywho. USA. <laughs> Answering separate reports of a shooting and of a kidnapping at the motel, police found Cook's body clad only in a sports jacket and shoes, but no shirt, pants, or underwear. He had Bold his- choice. Uh, yeah, what a fashion choice, right? What a time. Um, he sustained a gunshot wound to the chest, which was later determined to have pierced his heart. Ugh. The motel's manager, Bertha Franklin, said she had shot Cook in self-defense after he broke into her office residence and attacked her. Her account was immediately disputed by Cook's acquaintances. Uh, The official police record states that Franklin uh, fatally shot Cook, who had checked in earlier that evening. Franklin said that Cook had broken into the manager's office apartment in a rage, wearing nothing but a shoe and a sports coat, demanding to know where the whereabouts of a woman who had accompanied him to the hotel. Franklin said the woman was not in the office and that she told Cook this, but the enraged Cook did not believe her and violently grabbed her, demanding again to know the woman's whereabouts. According to Franklin, she grappled with Cook. The two of them fell to the floor and then she got up and ran to retrieve a gun. She said she then fired at Cook in self-defense because she feared for her life. Cook was struck once in the torso. According to Franklin, he exclaimed, Lady, you shot me. (laughs) 
before mounting. She sure did, Sam. <laughs> she sure did. Uh, before mounting a last charge at her, she said she beat him over the head with a broomstick before he finally fell, mort- mortally wounded by the gunshot. Less of a fan of Sam Cook now. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. The motel's owner, Evelyn Carr, said that she had been on the telephone with Franklin at the time of the incident. Carr said she had overheard Cook's intrusion and the ensuing conflict and gunshot. She called the police to request that officers go to the motel, telling them she believed a shooting had occurred. A coroner's inquest was convened to investigate the incident. The woman who had accompanied Cook to the motel was identified as Elise Boyer, who had also called the police that night shortly before Carr had. Boyer had called from a telephone booth near the motel telling them she had just escaped being kidnapped. Told the police that she had met Cook at earlier that night and spent the evening in his company. And she said that they left a local nightclub together. She had repeatedly requested he, that he take her home, but instead he took her against her will to the Hacienda Motel. She said that once in one of the motel rooms, Cook physically forced her onto the bed and that she was certain he was going to rape her. According to Boyer, when Cook stepped into the bathroom for a moment, she quickly grabbed her clothes and ran from the room. She said that in her haste, she also scooped up most of Cook's clothing by mistake. She said she ran first to the manager's office, knocked on the door seeking help. However, she said that the manager took too long in responding. So fearing Cook would soon be coming after her, she fled from the hotel before the manager even opened the door. She said she then put clothing back on, hid Cook's clothing, went to a telephone booth and called the police. Think about that next time you're listening to A Wonderful World. Some of Mm. Cook's family and supporters, however, have rejected Boyer's version of the events, as well as those given by Franklin and Carr. They believe there was a conspiracy to murder Cook and that the murder took took place in some manner entirely different from the three official accounts. Singer Edda James viewed Cook's body before his funeral and questioned the accuracy of the official version of the events. She wrote that the injuries she observed were well beyond the official account of Cook having fought Franklin alone. James wrote that Cook was so badly beaten that his head was nearly separated from his shoulders. His hands were broken and crushed, his nose mangled. Some people have speculated that Cook's manager, Alan Klein, might have had a role in his death. Klein owned Tracy Limited, which ultimately owned all the rights to Cook's recordings. No correct, no concrete evidence supporting a criminal conspiracy has been presented to date. Mm. Whack. Mm. 200,000 fans lined up for more than four city blocks to view his body. Like one by one? Whoa! Would you, would you, would you go to a public viewing of no, a I, body? Have you guys would seen? Have I you guys? Would you absolutely? Would one probably? Not. <laughs> mm. uh, maybe that's the difference between. Have you guys been, been to a, just a viewing, like in the normal context of viewing have, a body? Yeah. No, Oof. I've never seen a body. I'm talking no. a big game, but I think I would faint. But it's, I would do it. But I would faint. It's fucking confronting. I don't. Mm. I to be honest, I don't. I no. I cry when I see like dead magpies on the footpath. So Aww. I don't think that I would really function. I'd be like, I can see a dead body. Guys, I'm messed up, man. Guys, 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 guys. Look at Fifi. She's very cute. Aww. She's sleeping in a very She's adorable fashion. She's sleeping with her head still up. Mew, 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 mew. All right. That's Sam Cook. That's Sam Cook. Fun and exciting for all involved. Not remotely. Twists and turns. Twists and turns. Um, Question mark? Yes. Yes, indeed. Big old question mark. Um, so our next case, oh my God, which was foreshadowed in Jess's, Marvin Gaye. 
Marvin Gaye. I was today years old when I found out that Marvin Gaye was murdered. Same. It's the year of our Lord 2018. I cannot believe I didn't know that Marvin Gaye was murdered. Um, if you don't know who Marvin Gaye is, that's really embarrassing. Um, he <laughs> is <laughs> born on the 2nd of April, 1939. He is a singer, songwriter, and Motown legend. And he wrote the two most famous songs about fucking, sexual healing, and let's get it on. Very glad we can swear in this podcast. Um, so... <laughs> Oh, I'm that just got waiting. Jess. Yeah, <laughs> that she's got gone. Jess good. <laughs> I'm just going to steamroll ahead. All right, go. So Marvin Gaye's father was called Marvin Gaye Senior, and I'm going to call Marvin Gaye Senior Marvin Gaye Senior, and I'm going to call Marvin Gaye the singer Marvin. Right. For clarity's sake. Right, right, right. So um, Marvin and Marvin Gaye Senior did not have a very good relationship, spanning back to when Marvin was a child. Marvin Gaye Senior was a preacher and was very strict and would physically punish his children. Um, he disagreed with Marvin's career as a singer and the two never got along. Probably as a preacher, he was like, stop singing songs about fucking. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Low-key, just stop singing about fucking, please. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 1983, Marvin, who was then 44 years old, moved into his parents' house to help care for her mother, who was recovering from surgery. Um, Marvin Gay Sr. wasn't staying at the house for all of this time period, but uh, when he was, the relationship between him and his son was quite negative with frequent fighting and arguing. So bad that Marvin's sisters actually stopped staying at the household. Um, on April 1st, 1984, Marvin Gay Sr. and his wife, Marvin's mother, Alberta, were having this like prolonged argument about a letter that had been lost that was relating to um an insurance policy i don't really know what was involved in the letter but they'd been having this argument for like days about who lost this letter where the letter was etc etc marvin was really close to his mother and not remotely close to his father so he was kind of jumping to alberta's defense during these arguments um and he actually told marvin gay senior to clear out of the house so um, on this day, April 1st, uh, 1984, at around 12.30 p.m., Marvin Gay Sr. was yelling out a birder about, about this letter. Marvin came running in and ordered his father to leave the room. Marvin Gay Sr. Referred, refused to do so, um, so Marvin started pushing and shoving to get him out of the room and then began kicking and punching him quite brutally. Um, Alberta managed to separate the two and Marvin went into his bedroom at 12.38 PM. Marvin Gay senior came into Marvin's bedroom with a 38 caliber pistol that his son had bought him for Christmas, pointed at him at Marvin and shot him directly in the heart. Are you fucking joking me? He killed his son. He shot his son because he was like yelling at his wife over an insurance letter. Lessons we've learned. Yeah. Do not buy your father a gun for Christmas. Bad idea. Do not buy guns, period. America. I'm looking at you here. Um, So the shot entered the right side of Marvin's chest, perforating his right lung, heart, diaphragm, liver, stomach, and left kidney. So just all the important ones. all the important shit. Oh, my God. His appendix was fine. Everything else. Oh, guys. Yeah. to ribbons. Um, Marvin Gay Sr. took a step forward and shot him again at point black range. Alberta left the room, pleading with Marvin Gay Sr. not to shoot her as well. The police were called and Marvin was taken to hospital where he was pronounced dead on arrival at approximately 1.01 p.m. This is fucking wild. How is there? Does everybody how is not know this? How do we not know this? Are we the dumb ones? Like, how did we not know this? Um, so in a police interview, Marvin Gay Sr. stated that he only meant to shoot Marvin in self-defense and he didn't know the gun was loaded which is like okay maybe when you shot him the first time you didn't realize the gun was loaded but then you stepped forward and shot him again and I only meant to shoot him in self-defense while he was in bed when he he was in his bedroom 
shot once already and then shot again. Like, oh, but I was, what? Come off it, Marvin Gaye Senior. <laughs> Um, he was asked by police if he loved his son and he responded, let's just say I didn't dislike him. <laughs> oh, that's not the right answer, Marvin Gaye so, Senior. Oh no. my God. Let's just so, say I don't dislike it. <laughs> it's rough. That's um, the case cool. was brought to trial and uh, Marvin Gaye Senior pleaded no contents to voluntary manslaughter as part of a plea bargain. Oh. And please hold on to your hats. He was sentenced to a six-year suspended sentence with five years probation. Are you fucking joking me? He appeared remorseful at the trial and stated that, I'm really sorry for everything that happened. I loved him. I wish he could step through the door right now. I'm paying the price now. Now that you're at trial, you didn't love him when you shot him, Marvin Gaye Sr. Jesus. So no prison time. No prison time at all. Oh, Nothing bad happened what? to Marvin Gaye Senior. Um, I hope he got diabetes. How does no one know this? People are going to write in and be like, "You guys are schmucks for not knowing this." Like, <laughs> I feel like a for schmuck you. for not knowing. I this. feel I like a schmuck. schmuck. Um, I just wanted to say in sum up that uh, April second is Marvin Gaye Day in Washington D.C. <laughs> oh. Um, so if you want to pull one out on April second. You can do so in Washington, D.C. Nobody will judge you. Um, also, there was a conspiracy theory that was put forward by his sisters who were like, Marvin was like quite depressed at this time in his life and he was a drug addict and an alcoholic and stuff like that. And they said like Marvin knew that by like stepping to his father, he was going to get killed. They were like, it was known in our family that if you – confronted our father about anything he would kill you so they were kind of like marvin essentially committed like suicide by cop how many children had he killed to up <laughs> to this point though um, zero there's a difference between having an angry dad who will fight you if you talk yeah. to him yeah and having on and then knowing that your your father will literally shoot you yeah. twice imagine just being like oh well you know my dad was pretty strict he would literally murder us if we ever confronted him in any way. It was a known fact us. in our household that he would. So Marv, Marvin knew what he was doing. Mm. I question that. People I think he was just. People love to have conspiracy theories about musicians' deaths, I've found, regardless of, the, of what they're Regardless about. of what happened. Um, I think his dad was just an abusive dick. <laughs> he is dead and he's probably in hell. So rough for you, Marvin Gaye Sr. <laughs> <laughs> rough for you. Oh, all right. Okay, we're going to bring it back down. Uh, what? <laughs> back down? Back down? No, we're going to bring it back down. Ah. Uh, because mm. we're talking about... From the dizzy. Oh, yeah, okay. Alrighty, never mm. mind. Moving on. What do you mean? Moving on. What do you mean? What do I mean? Okay. I'm- so the next person I'm going to talk about is the really tragic murder of uh, Christina Victoria Grimmy, who was an American singer, songwriter, actress, and YouTuber. Um, so she was known for covering songs on YouTube and participating in the NBC competition, The Voice. Um, June 2011, she released her debut EP, Find Me. In 2013, she released her studio album, With Love. In 2016, she released her second EP, Side A, and a posthumous release of Side B was made available on iTunes and Spotify. Um in 2014, Grimmy was a contestant on season six of The Voice and finished in third place. Adam Levine, her coach on the show, announced in the finale that regardless of the results, he would sign her to his label 222 Records, Lil Wayne, 
I can't believe I just said the words Lil Wayne. Also, you are the whitest person that has (laughs) ever walked the planet. (laughs) Also, offered to sign her to his label. Um, so she obviously was a YouTuber, so she had gone to like um things like what's the VidCon? VidCon, yeah, YouTube conventions. She was doing like lots of um like touring and meeting people and stuff like that. Uh, she was Christian lady. She was a big supporter of um, animal rights, fundraising for charities and stuff like that. Um, so June 10th, 2016, uh, Grimmy was shot by 27-year-old Kevin Jane's Loby while she signed autographs following her performance with Before You Exit at the Plaza Live in Orlando. Loiby. No, Loibel. Sorry, I can't see. Uh, Loibel was tackled by Grimmy's brother, but the gunman broke free, backed against a wall and shot himself dead. So Grimmy was taken to Orlando Regional Medical Center in a critical condition with three gunshot wounds. She was pronounced dead just before 11 p.m. local time. Uh, And the autopsy revealed that Grimmy was shot once in the head and twice in the chest, and her death was declared a homicide. Uh, the Orlando Police Department said that Loibel had travelled by taxi cab to Orlando from his home in St. Petersburg, Florida, bringing two handguns, two extra magazines full of ammunition and a hunting knife. Orlando Police Chief John Minor said, we believe he came here to commit this crime. Loibel did not have an arrest record. You don't need to be a detective to work that one out. Loibel did not have an arrest record in his home county and did not appear to know Grimmy personally. Police did not offer a motive but said Loibel had shown an unrealistic infatuation with the singer and tried to make himself more physically attractive through weight loss, hair and eye surgery. Loibel's family said they were not aware of his plans to travel to Orlando nor that he possessed any guns. Uh, Christina was buried at Berlin Cemetery in a private ceremony on June 16th. Um, The following day, thousands of friends and fans attended a public memorial held in Medford, New Jersey. Mm. So bloody sad. That's so awful. And like in the aftermath, so Selena Gomez was actually performing a few miles away mm. in Orlando. And when Grimmy was shot, had like they canceled the meet and greet that was scheduled as a part of like her Miami tour. Um, the Plaza Live reopened about four days after the shooting, and management asked Orlando police to help evaluate the club's security. Um, some singers in Las Vegas, including Callie Tucker, another season six contestant on The Voice, were given escorts after their performances. Um, in California, VidCon added metal detectives and security officers and banned informal meet and greets in the wake of Grimmie's shooting. Wise decision. Uh, video personalities, including Joey Crisefa, were assigned personal security and industry, an industry attorney said that the extra me- measures were expensive and fans don't like it, but this is the new reality. Mm. Mm. So in December, lucky 20, that everyone has a gun. Mm. Mm. In December mm. 2016, six months after her murder, Grimmy's family filed a wrongful death lawsuit against several entities, including the concert promoter, the foundation that owns the venue, and the security company working the event. In January 2017, the venues requested that the judge dismiss the lawsuit, claiming Florida law does not allow business owners to be held liable for attacks on their property. A hearing on the motion to dismiss the lawsuit was set for May 23rd. The lawsuit was dismissed, but Grimmy's family were given an opportunity to refile the suit and the judge complained that the suit did not make enough of a distinction between the concert promoter and the venue owner. Um, 
May 2017, the family's attorney, Brian Kaplan, said that Grimmie's family will file a new complaint after a Florida judge dismissed the original lawsuit. Um, April 9th, 2018, so this is most recent, just a short of a year after Grimmie, the Grimmie family filed a new complaint in a Florida court, it was revealed that a judge rejected the defendant's AEG Live and Orlando Philharmonic Orchestra Plaza Foundation motions to dismiss the case and has allowed the family's lawsuit to move forward. In their lawsuit, the Grimmie family alleges that the defendants failed to take adequate security measures to ensure the safety of the performers and the attendees of the concert venue. Grimmie's family is also being allowed to move forward on the claims of negligent infliction of emotional distress. The judge determined more research on the claims is needed to be is needed before going forward. No time frame has been given on the next steps in the case or when a decision would be reached. I mean, look, like when I went to New York in 2015. Every theater I went into, we got bag checked. Like yeah, I feel like yeah. that's just a thing now. You need to check people's bags. But I think Florida, I'm talking out my ass here. I think Florida has like, I know Florida has that like stand your ground law where you can like shoot somebody that enters your home. I think they have kind of like cash gun laws. I feel like they're one of those states they where they're like. They have casual concealed weapon laws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, it's. I feel like in New York, you're not allowed to carry a gun and maybe in Florida you are. No, I know, are. but like I just thought bag checks were a thing. I mean, it's a post 9-11 world. I expect to walk through a metal detector and have a man. You I know, guess that's what the what the lawsuit is, is trying yeah. to get them to change the law. Yeah. Zane and I were non-verbally reacting to the fact that business owners can't be held yeah. responsible for crimes that happen on their property. Weird, what? right? I feel like that's a whack law. Anyway, we've gone about double the length of time that we were meant to have. So do you really want to do another two or do you want to continue? I'm happy to let you continue. I'll I'll give a warning before we we pop it in. I feel like we can probably wrap up. (laughs) What do you mean? The two best ones we haven't covered yet. Well, Zane didn't want it to be this long. I... I'm just saying you're you're getting a lot more airtime than any other podcast. But that's because we're your favourites, right? (laughs) (laughs) The sound that just came out of your mouth. I'm incredibly jumpy at the moment and I don't know why. It's probably because I had this incredibly strong coffee (laughs) and it's very late at night. Okay, well, what's the the next one? Uh, John Lennon. Okay, so John Lennon is our next case. John Lennon is um, a member of the Beatles, the most famous band in the entire world. Come together right now. Thank you, Jess. For those of you that haven't heard the Beatles, that was the Beatles come together. Um, So uh, I think everybody knows this story. So what's the point? Maybe we should just end the podcast here. Anyway, (laughs) so on the 8th of December, 1980, at around 5 p.m., a 25-year-old man named Mark David Chapman was waiting outside the Dakota Apartments in New York City where John Lennon lived. Um, At this time, John Lennon and Yoko Ono, his wife, were walking to a limit. What was that? That was me peace signing for Mm. Yoko Ono. I don't know why I did that. Um, so uh, John Lennon and Yoko Ono walking to a limo. Chapman stops John Lennon and asks for an autograph, which he gave, um, signing a copy of his album Double Fantasy. Um, Chapman continued to wait outside the apartments until Lennon arrived again around 10.50 p.m. Lennon glanced at Chapman and nodded to him, greeting him as he recognized him from before, giving him an autograph. After Lennon walked past him, Chapman took out a thirty-eight caliber revolver and fired five shots from a distance of three meters. Two struck John Lennon in the back and two struck his shoulder. 
Um, Lennon struggled up the steps to re- reception, bleeding profusely and crying, I'm shot, I'm shot, before falling to the floor. What we've learned is that people like to exclude, like exclaim, I've been shot when they've been shot. I, I'm interested in whether it's like shocked yeah, or like shot. matter of fact. It's like, oh, oh no. I feel like it's shot. I would be pretty shocked if somebody shot me. That's true. I When I'm shocked though, I usually go silent. Mm. I don't exclaim in shock. I don't but know to be fair, how I would I've never been shot before. Shot. Yeah. I mean, I would not want to be silent because I would want somebody to come and assist me. Mm. So probably mm. screaming, I'm shot, I'm shot, will help people. Also probably being John Lennon, people would be flocking to him anyway. Um, all righty. So he struggles up the stairs screaming, I'm shot, I'm shot. Um, the hotel staff attempted to assist him by like creating like a tourniquet to stop the bleeding. But once they opened the shirt, they realized that he was bleeding so much that there was really nothing they could do to help. So they called the police. Chapman was still waiting outside the apartments for the police and he was reading a copy of The Catcher in the Rye. <sighs> um, America's a great place. I just, much confusion. Um, so Chapman's waiting outside the apartment, casually reading The Catcher in the Rye. The doorman of the building is like, do you know what you've done? And Chapman replies, yes, I've just shot John Lennon. <laughs> <clears throat> Mad as a hatter. Mad as a hatter. Um, so police arrive on the scene. Two officers arrested Chapman while another two rushed to Lennon, who's bleeding profusely. Um, blood was soaking his clothes and surrounding the area around him. They decided there was no time to wait for an ambulance, so the officers rushed him to St. Luke's Roosevelt Hospital Center. The team at the hospital like went like completely above and beyond trying to um, save him. He had no pulse and he was not breathing on arrival, but they worked on him for 15 minutes anyway to try and resuscitate him, even going so far as to cut open his chest and trying to manually restart his heart. Um, that but, was some big Beatles fans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Lennon was too far gone and he was pronounced dead on arrival at 11.15 p.m. Oh, so the good. doctors who tried to leave it, save his life reported that at the moment that he was pronounced dead – all my loving by the Beatles came on the hospital speaker system. Fuck off. That was 100% a ghost. John Lennon was like, I'm going to mess with these people real bad. <laughs> you know, I'm not done. I'm not one done. One more thing before I leave one this more thing. coil. One more song. Just one more song. Just one more. Guys, just one more. Um, Mark David Chapman's lawyers initially tried to mount an insanity defense, but as the trial neared, uh, Chapman said that he wanted to plead guilty, which he did so and was sentenced to 20 years to life in prison. He has been denied bail 10 times and remains in prison. The motivation for the murder was essentially that he like converted to Christianity and was cranky that John Lennon said that the Beatles were bigger than Jesus. He was like, well, nobody's bigger than Jesus. I take issue with this. But he was also like kind of woke because he was like, John Lennon is singing, his particular issue was with the song Imagine. And he's Mm. like, John Lennon is here singing like, imagine everybody being friends and stuff like that. And imagine there's no money. Imagine there's all this, but he's like the richer than God. So he was like, you're kind of a hypocrite. Also, nobody's bigger than Jesus. Bang, you're dead. So you have trouble with someone saying that they're bigger than Jesus, but not with murder. No. Okay. And you're worried that, that someone else is a hypocrite. Sense. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know who's not big on murder? God. God. It's one of the big ten. It's yeah. <laughs> There's only ten rules you have to abide by, and one of them is don't murder. Mm-hmm. So that is the murder of John Lennon. Um, so before we get to our not our top murder, but our last murder, we wanted to talk about a case that isn't a murder. Or is it? Dun, dun, dun. It's almost certainly not a murder. We are talking about Kurt Cobain. Um, Zane was obsessed with Sam Cooke 
in his teenage years, I was very obsessed with Kurt Cobain. Obsessed is a strong word. I was a fan. I was a fan. <laughs> I would also watch YouTube videos of him performing at MTV Unplugged like for hours at a time. I did not see the appeal. Don't speak ill of the dead, Jess. I'm not speaking, <laughs> I'm not speaking ill of the dead. I just You're speaking ill of the living, which is me <laughs> and my taste in everything. <laughs> so um, Kurt Cobain, everyone knows who Kurt Cobain is, not going to bother with the intro. Um, so he was found dead from gunshot wounds to the head in his home on April 8th, 1994. So everybody with a cognitively functioning brain mm, mm-hmm. is like Kurt Cobain, the depressed guy. Oh yeah, he killed himself. Um, if you've ever listened to any of Nirvana's music, they're very not upbeat. Not upbeat. No. Not not positive. Um, he was uh, diagnosed with bipolar disorder. He was clinically depressed, addicted to drugs, and he left a suicide note. Mm. All factors that led the police to declare the death a suicide. I mean, that's a strong case. Ellen. It's a pretty good case. A suicide note. Yeah, it's pretty. You know, open and shut case. But not to a little guy named Tom Grant, who was a private investigator who was hired by Courtney Love, because Kurt Cobain had gone missing from a rehab center. She was like, "Yo, Tom, find Kurt Cobain." He's gone missing and he was like, will do. Then he was found dead and he began to investigate the death. And he uh, became convinced that Courtney Love was somehow responsible for Kurt's death. He believed that Courtney Love hired a hitman to murder Kurt Cobain. I see. There was a couple of pieces of evidence that (laughs) Tom Grant. Very uh, audible inverted commas. Yes. um, That led Tom Grant to believe that it was a murder, not a suicide. One of them was the suicide note itself. Grant believes that the suicide note was talking about him, which you can read the entire text of online. It was about him um, wanting to leave the music industry because it didn't actually say like, my name is Kurt Cobain and I'm going to kill myself. It was like, I'm unsatisfied with the music industry. I'm not happy being famous. My life is a series of pain and unhappiness not and um therefore yeah. I will kill myself just kind of vaguely and then at the end he scrawled like you know to Francis his daughter to Courtney like I love you continue on without me essentially so he was like not a suicide note and this letters at the end talking about like saying goodbye to Francis and Courtney were written in a different hand um which handwriting analysis were like not really yeah like sure but no Handwriting analysis is not 100% like flawless science, but they were like, no, nah, I'm pretty sure it's a suicide letter. And as he like continued writing, his hand got jerkier and jerkier, which is probably- Drugs. Drugs. Uh, mm. Brings me on to my next point. Oh. Um, the huge amount of heroin that Kurt Cobain had <laughs> in his system. Um, there's no like blood alcohol content thing for heroin, but he had a ton of heroin in his system. And Tom Grant was like, he had so much heroin in his system that he could not have physically like been present enough to pick up a rifle and shoot himself in the mouth. Um, a rifle? To which people who know stuff were like, he was a heroin addict and had been for many years. So he developed a tolerance. Mm. Also, he was trying to kill himself. So I feel like... You want you know what's what's a bit of heroin gonna do to what's stop you? What's a bit you? of heroin? What's a bit of heroin? Um, That's going on a t-shirt. <laughs> 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 Maybe not. Um, and he also said that um, previously, Kurt Cobain had been rushed to the hospital from an overdose and painkillers, and Courtney Love 
Um, he thought that Courtney Love had put a ton of painkillers in his champagne to try and kill him, which I kind of feel like how much champagne would you realistically be drinking mm. to like have consumed enough to How could you hide it you? in champagne? How could you hide it in Very champagne enough to, yeah, mm. not 100% sure. And then after it didn't work, she he Tom Grant says that she like pushed the narrative of it being a suicide attempt so she could cover her tracks later on when she successfully killed him. Tell me, did this Tom private eye fellow make a lot of money from this theory? Well, you can visit his website where you can purchase his multiple books for varying prices. Okay. He's written a lot of books and been on TV shows and YouTube videos. So yes. And so yes. In summary, yes. Call me a skeptic. Yeah. (laughs) Call me a skeptic, but I think the suicidal person committed suicide. Mm. Um, There's other bits of evidence. And honestly, like if you want to go on Reddit, you can read till the end of time conspiracy theories about Kurt Cobain killing, not killing himself and it Everybody being Courtney Love's fault Nirvana. or other people's fault. Um, his like wife and like family and all his bandmates and stuff like, yeah, no, nah, he killed himself. Mm. Shout out to Tom it's Grant for believing anyway. <laughs> but still like it, it's, it's, it's tough when like that sort of person, like it's tragic enough as it is, but mm. to try and, hurt someone who's still alive who yeah, might exactly. still be dealing with that tragedy. Exactly. Yeah. It's real bad. Um. So, yeah, not a murder. Such a famous murder conspiracy, though, that we felt that we couldn't not include it. Mm. But he killed himself. End of story. Yeah. That's it. it That's it. it. Leave it to to Ellen from Australia. Yep. Final word. That's it. It was it. That Good. was it. Sorry, Tom. I'm going to let Reddit know. <laughs> Please don't, they'll find where I live and kill me <laughs> and make it look like a suicide. Please don't do that. Um, okay, last one. Sorry this has taken so long. Uh, Good the, content. The last one is the murder of Queen Selena. <sighs> what a babe. What a babe. So that hot. movie with J-Lo. Oh, my God, iconic, right? So iconic. Amazing. So many looks, such a mood. Mm-hmm. All right. So Selena, I cannot pronounce her last name, so I'm not Quintanilla. even. Quintanilla. Quintanilla Perez was an American singer, songwriter, spokesperson, model, actress, fashion designer called the Queen of T- Tiano. Tiano music. Um, she uh, had an amazing collaboration with Mac after her death. Uh, she was among the most influential Latin artists of all time and is credited for catapulting a music genre into the mainstream market. I listened to Selena the entire time researching these murders. Really? Yep. Mm. She, um, aside from her music, Selena was active in her community and donated her time to civic causes. Coca-Cola appointed her its spokesperson in Texas. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Selena that became. That was a fun sound. <laughs> <laughs> Selena became a sex icon. She was often criticized for wearing suggestive outfits. Nah, fuck that. That's, that's slut shaming. I don't like that. Uh, in we li- don't do that here in 2018. Mm. Every damn day. Selena and her guitarist Chris Perez eloped in April 1992 after her father raised concerns over their relationship. Um, so, her death. So fucking weird. So unbelievably convoluted. Okay. So the Quintanilla family appointed Yolanda Saldivar as the manager of Selena's boutiques in early 1994. 
Eight months earlier, Selena signed Saldivar as her registered agent in San Antonio, Texas. After the agreement, Saldivar moved from San Antonio to Corpus Christi to be closer to Selena. In December 1994, the boutiques began to suffer after a num- after the number of staff from both stores had decreased. According to staff members, Saldivar often dismissed employees she personally disliked. Employees at the stores regularly complained about Saldivar's behaviour towards Selena, who dismissed um, who complained about Saldivar's behaviour to Selena, who dismissed the claims, believing Saldivar would not negatively impose erratic decisions on Selena's vas- fashion venture. Um, so. According to uh, – so the staff – later chat like, meh, I don't know what's going on. Never mind. Um, so in the days before Selena's death, Saldivar delayed handing over bank statements and financial records, saying that she had been physically and sexually assaulted in Mexico. Saldivar, along with Selena, appeared at the medical clinic on March 31st, 1995, uh, they, to get her examined for an assault, which she claimed happened in Monterey. During the visit, Saldivar was given a brief physical examination by the clinic's doctor, but this did not include a gynecological exam specifically done in cases of sexual assault. She lied. She lied. Okay. It was suggested by nurse Carla Anthony that Saldivar needed to have the rape exam in San Antonio for three reasons. Saldivar was a resident of San Antonio, the clinic they were currently at in Corpus Christi, and the assault occurred in Mexico. Afterwards, Selena met with Saldivar in her hotel room in the Days Inn in Corpus Christi. At the hotel, Selena demanded the financial papers because there was this, all this thing about um, Saldivar basically taking all of this money. because She they, was siphoning funds. She was siphoning funds, correct. Um, at the hotel, she demanded the financial papers. At 11.48 a.m., Saldivar got a gun from her purse and pointed it at Selena. As Selena attempted to flee, Saldivar shot her once on the right lower shoulder, severing an artery and causing a severe loss of blood. Critically wounded, Selena ran towards the lobby, leaving a 392-foot, 119 metres, that is, long trail of blood. Ooh. She collapsed on the floor as the clerk called the emergency services with Saldivar still chasing after her and calling her a bitch. Before collapsing, Selena named Saldivar as her assailant and gave the number of the room where she had been shot. What a fucking boss bitch. Yeah. Seriously, so amazed. I was sad reading that though because I was like, her last words. But she knew. She knew she had to say. I know, like amazing, but also like sad that that was like her final moments. Um, meanwhile, Saldivar attempted to leave in her pickup truck. She was, however, spotted by a responding police cruiser. She surrendered after a nearly nine and a half hour standoff with police and the FBI. By the time, by that time, hundreds of fans had gathered at the scene. Many wept as police took Saldivar away. So Selena was dead on arrival at the Corpus Christi Hospital. The attending emergency room physician made the decision to attempt to revive her. Cardiologist Louis Elkins uh, continued the treatment and performed surgery based on the emergency rooms emergency room physician's decision. Doctors were able to establish an erratic heartbeat long enough to transfer her to the trauma room. After 50 minutes of surgery, she was pronounced dead from blood loss and cardiac arrest at 1.05 p.m. I mean, she lost so much blood that it was like 119 meters mm. long. I couldn't sprint that distance. No. An autopsy performed on the same day due to overwhelming media interest. It revealed that the bullet had entered Serena's, uh, Selena's upper right back near the shoulder blade, passed through her chest cavity, severed the right subclavian artery and exited her right upper chest. 
Doctors said that if the bullet had been only one millimeter higher or lower, the wound would have been less severe. Oh, it's so sad. On April 1st, Bayfront Plaza and Corpus Christi held a vigil which drew 3,000 fans. Um, On April 3rd, 1995, 600 guests, mostly family members, attended Selena's burial at Seaside Memorial Park in Corpus Christi, Texas, which was broadcast live by Corpus Christi and San Antonio radio station with the consent of her family. So sad. Selena's murder had a widespread impact. Reactions to her death were compared to those following the deaths of musicians John Lennon, Elvis Presley, and U.S. President John F. Kennedy. Major television networks interrupted their regular programming to break the news. Yeah. I feel awful. It's so sad. And yeah, go watch the movie with J-Lo. It's pretty iconic. It's Why so are you good. laughing? Because when you said the deaths of Elvis Presley, my brain went, but Elvis isn't dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. That's me um, being on the music conspiracy yeah. subreddit for two. <laughs> it's like, what? He, he's Wait, in Mexico. I, s- <laughs> I saw his He works in a deli. Like. Mm. No, Elvis is dead. So are all these musicians. So sad. Don't murder people. Don't murder people. Don't murder what I've people. learned from they this is that if you're a famous like person who is shot, doctors will try incredibly hard to revive you, even if you have no pulse or blood in your body. What I've learned from this is that a lot of the murders that you you both talk about in Australia, uh huh, very not all, not all of them have guns in them. Guns, man. Uh, guns, man. Right. All of these. All of these people were American. Shot. Shot. Uh, yeah, no, we don't. I wonder have a if lot there's of... something that can be learnt from that. Nah, I just don't know. I just uh, don't know. Maybe if know. more people had guns. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun, right? What stops a good guy with a gun, though? The police. Ah, uh, what stops a police <gasps> with a gun? Of that thing Another yesterday. police officer. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a fun game. This <laughs> So much fun. Ah, uh, so thanks for having us. Sorry we took up like all the fucking time. Oh, uh, we didn't do Biggie and Tupac because we are way too white. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I wanted Jess to do it because I thought it would be funny, but she was like, nah, busy. And I was like, ah. But Biggie and Tupac also, you should watch that documentary that's on Netflix. It's really good. Yeah. Thank you for listening to our list of not our top, but just a list of five murdered musicians and one suicide. Yeah. Very catchy title. That will be the title of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Correct. 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 <laughs> okay. Okay. Do we need to say anything? Yeah. Cool. Peace. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> a mess. War, famine, politics. Why can't everyone just get along? Yeah, like in musicals. Musicals fix everything. If people listened and learned from musicals, everything would be better. Music, lights and spontaneous choreography. What isn't there to love? If you want to learn all of life's important lessons or just listen to some musical theatre nerds wax lyrical subscribe to Musicals Tell Me Everything I Know wherever you find fun and funny podcasts or at our website at thatsnotcanonproductions.com that's not canon productions podcast 
SuperValue now have more online slots than ever before. Shop now at supervalue.ie. Collect your weekly shop with our contactless collection service. At SuperValue, we're there for you. At Leia Healthcare, we always want to give our members more. So now you get unrestricted access to a world of benefits that will help you stay healthy. From convenient video calls with a GP to get prescriptions online, to easy access to experts when you finally want to do something about your ropey knee or dodgy back. And if you do need to see someone urgently, our clinics are available for minor injuries, all without you needing to put your hand in your pocket. Let's stay on top of your health, in every way. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Insurance provided by Ellipse Insurance Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare. Leia Healthcare Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare and Leia Life is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Unrestricted benefits are available until the end of August. Fair usage policy applies. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, It starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. 